0: What is a cowboy? It's not about hats and horses. A cowboy is about courage, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. And when you put those things together, it spells Christ. And that's what being a true cowboy is all about, riding for the Lord. My name's Kevin Weatherby, and I want to be the first to welcome you to Save the Cowboy. You just sit back, grab you a cup of coffee, and get ready to learn how to ride with the Lord. All right, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I get to get back at somebody today. I'm going to tell a story about a man that's here today. I'm not going to mention Dave's name. I got today, work with, with him, and he he done left the building. <laughs> we got to, a, uh I went and helped him and Sue uh gather some, some cattle, and we did some doctoring and everything, and then we went to another pasture, and uh anyway we went over to this other pasture and and we were going out to get it and I was asking Dave about his sorrel horse rowdy I was like tell me about your horse he's like oh you know I got him over here and everything like that and blah 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 and he was telling me about it and everything and we're going to gather these cattle and he goes and it was just this little snippet of information about this long. and he goes funny thing is this horse don't like spotted cattle and, and, I mean, literally, it went in one ear and out the other, and I was like, it, Dave just heard spotted cattle, and he walked back out. <laughs> and I said, you know, i have never heard of a horse that, I mean, I might have seen horses that didn't like cattle, period, but I'd never seen a horse that was, you know, that particular about a certain type of cow, and, and he didn't like spotted cattle, and like I said, it went in one ear, and it went out the other. And so, anyway, we gathered these cattle, and Roger has a longhorn steer in this pasture that from the ground his withers are about this high and his horns seem to reach all the way across this stage this is one of the biggest longhorns I've ever been up close to and if I would have been paying attention most of the cattle were right here with the big spotted longhorn and Dave there was like two bulls or something over here by the windmill and when we started getting close Dave said I'll go over there and get those and so he goes over there and gets those, no big deal. And so we bring them and we push them all into the deal and we're trying to, to get the cattle in the pens. And, and he says, sort off that longhorn and keep him over there. So me and Sue, we sorted this longhorn off over there and, and I'm just holding him down there while they're pinning the cattle in this little catch pen deal. And about the length of this building or so. And anyway, that longhorn goes down there and he starts stepping over the fence. I'm not talking about jumping the fence, folks. He just steps over the fence and just kind of pushes it down. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. This is my first day working with the Lynx. And, you know, there's a bunch of good cowboys here. And, you know, I'm going to get chewed out for running a a big longhorn over the fence. And now we're going to have to fix fence. So I kind of backed off a little bit. Well, when I backed off, that longhorn, he stepped back over that fence. And Dave's back behind us. We're facing this way. Dave's facing this way. And so, remember that spotted cattle deal? I done forgot all about that little saying. That, oh, by the way, my horse don't like spotted cattle. And so anyway, I didn't want to push him over the fence, so I just kind of let him go. They had, they had the cattle, I mean, darn near. I mean, they were waiting on one or two more to go through the gate. And that spotted cow, he starts trotting up there. He wants to go into the pen too. <laughs> Dave is standing like this. Here comes the big spotted longhorn. And I guess they heard thundering of hooves. Because him and his horse in synchronicity went. (gasps) And his horse blows up and Dave yells, Get that cow away from me! And in my great concern for Dave's welfare, I did this. (laughs) Did you see that? I thought you were joking. No, I wasn't joking. Ah! If Dave Link ever tells you that his horse don't like spotted cattle, pay attention to what he's saying, folks. Jared talked about truth, and Dave told me the truth. I am here to testify that there's one horse in the world and its owner that do not like spotted cattle. Oh, by the way, love that. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, starting in verse 9, the Lord gives us a model prayer. He says, pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us this day. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. Now, the rest of that, the early manuscripts don't have for for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever, amen, and everything. But most people stop right there. There's a, oh, by the way, part that goes right after that. The last two weeks, we've been talking about how our relationship with God, not our salvation, but our, our our walk with God, our ride with God, can be broken by sin. And we've talked about how to restore that fellowship, how to get back on and start riding for God. Two weeks ago, we talked about how you need to cut it out. We talked about repentance, about how we need to turn away from sin and turn to God. It's a two-part process. Some people, are they want to turn away from their sin, but they don't turn to God. Or they want to turn to God, but they won't turn away from their sin. We talked about repentance as a way to restore fellowship with God. We talked about, last week, confessing our sins. Confess our sins to God, and also the Bible says to to share your sins with with a trusted brother or sister in Christ. One that won't judge you. One that will love you and tell you that you can repent of that. To give it to God. And today we end this three-part series by talking about forgiveness. Remember the Lord's Prayer where we usually stop right after that and we think that that's the great deal? There's an oh by the way, starting in verse 14. It says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, Your father will not forgive yours. Isn't it funny how we leave that part out? Now, Jesus gave us the model prayer. He said, pray like this. But I think it's amazing how the very next thing that he talks about is forgiveness. And that's what we're going to talk about today is forgiveness. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. The first thing that we're going to talk about is how we forgive others. And I tell you, folks, that's double tough, isn't it? Because we've all had somebody that did something to some degree, and we're not here to, to categorize that or anything like that. Well, so-and-so did this to me, that's worse than what he did to you or she did to you or what happened to me. Forgiving others is so important. If you'll accept God's forgiveness, you must be willing to give it. Think about that. If you're willing to accept God's forgiveness, we must be willing to pass that along to other people. Why would we not forgive somebody? Well, I think there's some very good reasons of why we're holding a grudge against people. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's the pain that they caused you. Maybe it's a desire for you, for them, to suffer like you have suffered. We must be imitators of Christ. We must be quick to forgive. Remember Jesus, whenever the lady was caught in adultery and they were going to go out and they were going to stone her and she was out there and she was naked. And I mean, they were ready and they went to Jesus and they tried to trap him and they said, by the law of Moses, this woman was caught in adultery so she must be stoned and killed. And Jesus said, great, let's do it. You who are without sin shall cast the first stone. Oh, all the rocks dropped. And Jesus looked down at this lady. Who, can you imagine the pain in her eyes of just bawling the shame and the guilt and everything like that? And what does Jesus say? He shows her love. And he tells her, Neither do I condemn you. Get up, go, and sin no more. Jesus forgave her for her sins. We must be imitators of Christ and forgive just like Jesus forgives us. But what does forgiveness really mean? Let's talk about that for a second. What forgiveness does not mean is it doesn't mean that you now believe that what the person did to you is okay and fine. Okay, Just because you forgive that person that hurt you so bad, that doesn't mean that you are suddenly confessing, well, what you did wasn't no big deal. That doesn't mean that at all. What forgiveness doesn't mean is that you have to restore the relationship. Forgiving and restoring a relationship are two separate things. I'm telling you what, if I had a dog that bit my son... That doesn't mean that it just if I if I forgive the dog, that might be a bad example, because I may have to forgive him after I bury him, but but you see what I'm saying? If a dog bites your son, that doesn't mean that you leave that dog alone with your son anymore. Okay? Just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean that you have to restore the relationship. Folks, God gave us a brain, did he not? If somebody has proven their their shysters or or whatever, we can forgive them. I mean, if somebody steals a bunch of money from you, you're not going to just go out once you forgive them for stealing the money and say, oh, here, I I went ahead and put you on the bank. I put you on the signature card for my checking account because I forgave you. Oh, that ain't like that. Restoring the relationship and forgiving are two different things. Forgiving doesn't mean that the wound goes away. It just means that the bleeding stops. Forgiving doesn't mean that the wound goes away. It just starts to heal. Turn to Matthew chapter 5. you're in Matthew 6, just turn back a few pages to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 23, says this. So if you were about to place your gift on the altar and remember that someone is angry with you, leave your gift there in front of the altar, make peace with that person, then come back and offer your gift to God. What does that mean? First, we talked about forgiving others. Forgive that so-and-so that you've been harboring a grudge against, that lady, that woman. We need to forgive. But it's not just about us forgiveness, giving somebody else forgiveness. Sometimes we need to ask for it. And I tell you what, if you ponder too long on how hard it is to forgive somebody, I think it's just as hard to go and ask for forgiveness when you have wronged somebody. But the Bible says, so if you're about to place your gift on the altar and remember that someone is angry with you, leave your gift there in front of the altar and make peace with that person, then come back and offer your gift. God is saying, look, your gift to me is not worthy as long as you ha- if you have wronged somebody, you go and make peace with that person then come back. asking for forgiveness broken relationships can hinder our relationship with god now once again that i am not saying that if somebody you know did something so horrible that you have to restore that relationship i'm talking about if you if you've messed up if you have wronged somebody and you know you're wrong maybe it's time that you go and ask for forgiveness what keeps us from saying i'm sorry I think it's the same thing that keeps us from uh, giving forgiveness. Pride, pain, desire for them to suffer like you have. I don't care if that so-and-so is mad at me. They can just get over it. I don't care what she's done. Self-justification. How many times have we justified our actions? Well, they'll just have to get over it. When do you not have to ask for forgiveness? If you refused to sin, if somebody's mad at you because they wanted you to go steal cattle with them, and you said, I ain't going to go steal nothing, and they get mad at you, don't worry. You can go ahead and give your gift at the altar, okay? The second time that you do not have to ask for forgiveness for somebody that's mad at you is if you gave biblical advice and they didn't like it. Now, don't make the Bible say what you want it to say, because there's a bad epidemic. I mean, that's worse than blackleg going around, okay? That's a bubonic plague of a deal of making the Bible say what you want it to say. But if you gave somebody sound, concrete, biblical advice and they didn't like it, that's okay. They can just not like it. And the third thing is if you followed God and they didn't like it, so be it. I've told you all the story about how whenever we moved up here to Colorado, we uh, we lost our little girl that was a foster daughter that we were going to adopt, and they wouldn't let her come with us. And I had a family member of mine say, it's a sin that you're going to Colorado because your your responsibility is to that little girl. And I said, no, ma'am, my responsibility is to my heavenly Father, and if he has called me somewhere, I've got to go. What part of you leave everything behind? Said that with tears rolling down my face. My daddy nearly died right before we left, and I had other family members criticize me. They said, You're just going to leave your dad to take care of the ranch. I said, He's got God to help him. God has called me somewhere else, and I'm going to go and I'm going to do it. If you decide to follow God and somebody doesn't like it, I'm not going to go ask those people for forgiveness for following God. I don't have to. If you have wronged someone, or even if you think you have, and you were wrong, it's best that you go and ask for forgiveness. So what's the big deal about forgiving? Think about this. Why? What is the big deal about forgiving people? We love others because he first loved us. The two greatest commandments... They tried to trap Jesus, and they said, "What are the what are the greatest command? Which is the greatest commandment?" Jesus said, "There's two: love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself." It's all about loving God and loving others. It all hinges on love. Why do you think God sent His only Son? And, And and let me let me rephrase that right quick: For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, begotten. There's my Texas coming out in me. Forgotten. To wash your sins clean, right? But think about it. He gave his son. He didn't just send him to do a job. He gave him to us so that his son could die, so that you could have eternal life, so that your sins could be forgiven. Because if we take that part out, then we can do it on our own, can't we? But we can't. We have to have that blood. And God so loved the world that he gave his son up as a ransom for the sins of many. Forgiveness is a fruit of love. It's the proof of love. Think about that. If you love somebody, you can forgive them. If you truly love God, you can forgive them. And if you claim, y'all better get your steel toes out. Pick them up, sit on them, whatever. If you claim to love God, but you don't love others, you're a dadgum liar. Wow. But that's not Kevin saying that. Because in First John chapter 4, 19 through 21, it says this. We love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, and I'm quoting the Bible, folks. I'm not making this up. Get it out. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see. How can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. Wow. Think about that for a second. If you claim to love God, but you harbor hate for somebody else, you don't really love God. You may think that you do, but we must be imitators of Christ. Jesus will forgive Every sin that you have committed, the only sin that cannot be forgiven, is denial of who Jesus is. Think about that. There's only one way into heaven, and that's loving Jesus Christ and believing in him with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all your mind. And the second thing is there's only one way to hell. Refusal to love Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There's only one way into heaven and one way to hell, and they both are Hinge on that. You love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. And believe that he sent his son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins. And the Bible says, if you want your heavenly father to forgive your sins, you must forgive those that have sinned against you. That's all good and well, right? How do we do that? Think about that. We've all got that one person. Maybe it's a couple of people. We've all got that person that we're like, you know what? I can't do it. I can't do it. Let me give you three ways to help you to learn how to forgive. The first thing is prayer. Ask God to help you forgive. Folks, I'm telling you, you're not God. God, the Bible says that your sins I will remember no more. We're not God, folks. We're not God. We're not capable of, of just flat out erasing a sin that where we will remember it no more, but God can, so it is by His power that we forgive other people, not by our own. Pray to God when you're in there and you're repenting of your sins, when you're turning away from them and turning to God, and when you confess your sins to God, and maybe to a or maybe you need to confess them to another brother or sister. Don't forget about forgiving. Ask him to help him, help you forgive your uh, forgive that person that you're holding something against. The second thing is, ask God to bless them while you're at it. Just say, God, you know what, whatever they need, give it to them. As a matter of fact, bless them with more than they need, God. Because they, obviously, they need you. If you will pray and ask God to help you forgive that person, and you start praying for that person, you'll be surprised at the results. How do we forgive? first step is prayer. The second thing is acknowledge that you're a sinner just like they are. You're a sinner just like they are. You ain't no better than that person right next to you because we talked about it last week. Sin is sin, folks. It doesn't matter. Maybe we say, well, I've never murdered anybody. doesn't matter. if you harbored hate for somebody? That's what Jesus said. I've never committed adultery. Have you ever looked at another person with lust in your heart? You've already committed adultery. We're all sinners. You ain't no better than that person that you're holding a grudge against. Maybe morally you might be, but spiritually we're all sinners. Acknowledge that you're a sinner just like they are. Acknowledge that Jesus died on the cross for them just like he did you. I mean, he died for you specifically, but don't think that he died for everyone except that sorry so-and-so over there. At no account. That counterfeit dude over there. God died for them. God came to, to save the outlaws, not the holies. First thing is prayer. The second thing is acknowledge. And the third thing is receive. Receive the forgiveness that Jesus offers and pass it on. Receive the forgiveness that Jesus had and pass it on to others. Forgiveness is the antidote to hate. Forgiveness is the antidote to hate. And a lot of us are tied up hard and fast by the hate. We can't get back to God because we're stuck. Forgiveness is the power that unhooks the lead rope and lets you get back to God. Forgiveness is the unshackling of the lead rope that is keeping you from reaching God, keeping your prayers from being answered. And forgiveness is the key that unlocks the gate to the healing of the wound that was caused so long ago. Oh, by the way, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you. Thanks for riding with us today. Our prayer is that God reached out and touched your heart and your guts. This is Kevin Weatherby again, and I'd like to invite you to attend one of our cowboy services in person. You just saddle up and ride on down to Kiowa, Colorado, and out to the Elbert County Fairgrounds every Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry, you can mosey on by www.savethecowboy.com. We hope to see you real soon. Save the Cowboys brought to you by Barry Ward at barrywardmusic.com. Tumbleweed Hay, you can reach them at 303-324-8217, Western LLC, 303-407-3995, and the fine folks at Look East Realty, 303-644-4444. I'd like to say welcome to our newest radio sponsor, Integrity Auto Repair. Stop by and see Jim and Kelly Gerald in Kiowa, Colorado. or Visit them on the website at dot com or give them a call at three zero three six two one two eight five four. Hey, we want to hear what you have to say. It doesn't matter if you have a cowboy story, a testimony, or even a prayer request. Y'all just go to savethecowboy.com and click on the Contact Us page and we'll get right back to you. Until next time. This is Pastor Kevin Weatherby. We'll see you again real soon.